Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I'm ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Let's go! Woo! It's an inauguration day sports special, buddy. What's going on? Welcome to the Hot Shows. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert from the great state of New York. And I'm hanging with my favorite Hot Show from the great state of Maryland, Mr. Robert Cutie. Okay, how you doing, buddy? Greetings. Salutations, everybody. You know, you said inauguration. I knew something was happening today, but I I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I knew There's something of national guy. interest. There's a new guy in the house. It's a new guy in charge, buddy. That's right. 46 is in the house. Number 46. And and we promise to steer clear mostly of politics today. It's, although, it's not except, a political thing. It's just no, no except to say it's, it's something that happened today. That's right. An, an inauguration of any president is always exciting. Uh, it was exciting and it was thankfully boring at the same time. Um, after what happened a couple of weeks ago, but it is. It's always a proud moment in our country's history when we swear in a new president. Because say what you will, we tend to transfer power better than most, if not all, other countries. We certainly and do. That, and that's not political either. That's just a statement of fact. And every day is inauguration day here on the sports, Hanchos. You know? Uh, I guess. Because me and, <laughs> well, not a lot of people know, but me and you always put our hands on the Bible before the show, and we swear an oath to the sports sorry. Honchos. Sorry, that, that's your side of the street. I, I, put, I put my hand on the old Torah, <laughs> on the five books, if you will, the Pentateuch, respect for my people. <laughs> you can have the Bible, or, or, or as your people call or we call it the New Testament, or perhaps the Other Testament. <laughs> Where there's the Old Testament, or as I like to call it, the Testament. There's a bunch of books they wrote. Yeah. Somebody wrote them. Some rules. <laughs> Some guidance. You know what they say about rules? Not everybody follows them, pal. <laughs> yeah, you know what they say about rules? Uh, they're made to be broken or something like that. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Well, what do you anyway, say, I'm, pal? Yeah, I'm doing um, well. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, you know, good. life is good. Everybody's healthy. We're We're moving on, and... Um, you know, I always look forward to Wednesday and talking sports with you, my friend. And uh, the cold open is is always yep. interesting. I, I, you know, I never know what you have for me. What kind of story, you know? Nope. Uh, and um, unfortunately, we we are going to have to revert back to a little later on in the show. But the um, you know the the male genitalia seems to continue to pop up in this show. And it's it's not necessarily our pun. fault. It's it's just no. if it's part of the storylines, the headlines. What are we going to do? But we're, we're going to spare everybody this week, and we're going to push it back a little more into the Major League Baseball section. Yes. And everybody kind of knows I, where we're. Coming I was from there. I was all ready to go penis free this episode, and sons of bitches, yeah. you know the the sports news fairy sprinkled her magic dust. But yes, we'll save that for another segment. 
yes. for later on the show. So let me ask you this ask in the buddy. cold open. My friend, have you ever, and I'm looking at you, I'm looking at your handsome mug. It's clean shaven. Great head of hair, by the way. Super jealous of my. Have you ever had a beard? Goatee. I can't, I can't grow one. I can't. can't. I, I, it, it's, it's a, it's major league stubble when I, when I let it go. And plus, the wife won't allow it. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, when you know, it's it's easier when we're single to grow beards. I I I am under the same prohibition. Um, I am able to grow a beard, and when it's not, you know, super gray, it's 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 a good sized beard. Now, official Mets sports honchos, Mets insider Pat Sakura has a beard that would make the guys in ZZ Top bow down in worship. It's just a prodigious beard, and sometimes he braids it. Sometimes he can color it. Blue, perhaps, maybe red, white, and blue for July 4th. But it's a fabulous beard. And I bring that up because I have in my hand right here a study from your New York Post. Oh, it's a great publication. Headline, Big Manly Beards Evolved So We Could Take Punches to the Head. And let me read you the first part of the story. Men sporting big, bountiful beards might have a reason to feel more confident not just because women might find might be more sexually attracted to guys who can grow them. Research shows that flowing facial hair might have evolved to help fight hungry humans better absorb blows to the head, according to a new study published by the journal Integrative Orgasmal. That's organismal, not orgasmal. Organismal biology. The findings are the culmination of several research projects by the same team on human resilience, including experiments on the ability of the human face to take a punch and the human hand's efficacy as melee weapons. Let me just read you the name of this, this study from the org. It's so hard to say this word. It will integrate. It was easy. Organismal biology. Here's the name of the study. Impact protection potential of mammalian hair. Testing the pugilism hypothesis for the evolution of human facial hair. Now that, my friend, is a great name for a study. Uh, let's see. The, the biologist said, we found that fully furred samples are capable of absorbing more energy than plucked and sheared samples. Now, I know what you're saying, Mr. and Mrs. Honcho's listener out there. Did they actually put guys with beards in the lab and start punching them in the face, which would make me want to be a scientist, if that were the case? Well, the answer, sadly, is no. Fortunately, no humans were slugged in the name of science. Instead, the team employed an epoxy composite skull covered in several styles of sheepskin, plucked, trimmed, and full-on, yes, that's right, mutton chops. To replicate a punch, they dropped a weight on the chin of the epoxy skull, not of a human being, and measured the force load via load cell whatever that is. The scientists found that peak force was 16% greater and total energy absorbed was 37% greater in the furred compared to the plucked samples. Now that to me tells me two things. One, just like with movies and music, we're running out of things to study. Okay. Uh, but two, Hey, if uh, there's difference between, a life-taking punch and a and a life saved is a good beard. Hey, maybe I'll I can use that as a way to start growing the beard again. Now, for you, Paul, you say you only can grow the stubble. You know, I I fear for your safety. Well, but there's there's hope. <laughs> maybe one of those spray-on beards. 
Well, I mean, I guess I'm lucky. I guess in my old age, I've retired from playing hockey, and that well, that would be the last time I would get myself in trouble as far as, uh, you know, altercations, you know? So maybe, you know, I've, I've right. gone out of my way to protect right. myself now, uh, in that aspect. Hockey. What's that? Maybe that's why guys in the NHL grow the beards during the playoffs. Maybe if this Eric Lindros, this is something. See, you, you're, 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 you're jumping off the highway here. You got a, you got, you got an off ramp here that, that I think you should report back and, and find out if that's why the NHL guys do that. And if the concussion rate goes down, well, during the playoffs, that's another thing too. I mean, now think of some of the most famous concussions in hockey. Eric Lindros. What did he have a beard? At the time of his uh, no. clobbering. No. No, I, I remember Paul him Korea. as a clean shaven lad. Remember when Paul Korea went down? Another one. I don't think he had a beard either. I've, I've ne- I, uh, you know, it's, this, is, um, this is something you should look into. Now, the study does make one – so there's this one fly in the ointment here that uh, scientists have yet to determine if beards also blunt blow-inducing brain rattling – a far more serious consequence of a punch than a broken jaw. So uh, the research does have, as they say in this article, a few bald spots. Mm-hmm. Quiet dig for that joke. So there's a lot left to be studied on this. But again, those of you out there with beards, keep them flowing. Keep them growing. I know that rhymes. Sorry to be all susian on your ass. But keep those beards. Especially if someone you know tries to sucker punch you in a bar. And and forgive me, Rob, if you mentioned this before, but because uh, I was I was trying to ignore you uh, earlier. Um, uh, what's no the problem. last time you uh, grew a beard? Uh, a few years ago. So let's see. I had one when I met Grace, which was over two years ago, and that was pretty much the last time I had a beard. I believe I the the, the gauntlet was thrown down immediately in our relationship. It was like the beard goes or she goes. And I'm like, you know, I like you, so I can get rid of the beard. I can always grow the beard back if it doesn't work out. Well, you know, two years later, knock on wood, it's still clean shaven. When I was in did you regularly? I guess you were gonna uh, you're about to tell me. I was gonna ask yeah. you, did you regularly wear a beard as a younger after, younger after man back in the Stone Age? Yeah, after college, back when Moses and I went to law school, uh, full beard for a couple of years and then Clean shaven. So as the hair up here started to retreat into memory, the hair down here became more pronounced. And just so everybody out there who can't see us, Rob is totally to his, uh, yeah. his noggin. His yeah, noggin. I'm, 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 I'm uh, Jean-Luc Picard up in here. I'll tell you what, man. Hear that? I love some ZZ Top. There we Coming go. up the beards. Now those guys don't go, have baby. to worry about getting punched in the in the in the head. I love those guys. They're still going. I mean, are they, I was going to ask you: Are they still making music? They're not going right now because nobody's going in the music business. But a um, couple of weeks, you know, yeah. they're going to give the vaccine to everybody in, in a couple of days. I think the whole the whole country. I Did believe I hear that wrong. Is that, is that I, wrong? I believe once the inauguration was over, I thought. <laughs> COVID was over, right? Everybody is go magically to, cured. Go up to 7-Eleven tomorrow, right? Yeah, and I could just get it down the street. The ice cream man will come by with, you know, push-ups and COVID vaccinations. Well, look, while you're waiting for your vaccine and while you're growing your beard, grow some ZZ Top. Sure. This is one of my favorites. But the Everybody. guys are doing good. Um, 
I was watching an Axios uh, documentary not too long ago. Right. The guy, the guy still got it, you know. Up until, you know, all of us in the music biz, uh, everybody was rocking up until last Under week. Underrated channel. Hey, let me ask you quickly, speaking of documentaries, are you yes. excited about the Peter Jackson uh, Beatles documentary? I saw the trailer for it. He has like 56 Hold hours. He, he said it's not a trailer. It's I'm sorry. You're right. It was a. Right, it's not a trailer. It's like a a, a collage of trailers. Not the Puma, and it's not the trailer. Uh, but fifty six hours of of footage, uh, and it's mostly from I guess the get back sessions of sixty eight and sixty nine. Uh, looks, I mean, as an unabashed Beatles fan, it, to me, I was an inch from the television watching it. Are you are you excited for this documentary? Yes, the the thing. Well, anything Peter Jackson does is always pretty amazing. And the quality of the the film, the footage is just incredible. Now, I recently watched the John Lennon documentary, uh, Above Us Only Sky. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's about the It's Imagine in my queue. Yeah, yeah. So, it's about. Um, but if you, if you watch that documentary, you can kind of see, because I watched that first before seeing the Peter Jackson footage. Mm-hmm. And I got to tip the hat to, you know, just John Lennon and obviously the Beatles organization that they, they, they record. They took all this video back then. You just don't think back in that era, you know, them documenting right. stuff, uh, filming. Uh, so the footage is amazing, and I think all of us as Beatle fans, like I said, if you watch the Imagine, um, I mean, Above Us Only Sky documentary on John Lennon, it blew me away. Just the footage, the, the just recording yeah. the the music. And, well, they were and, doing uh, they were doing promotional films long before people did music videos. They just said, "Hey, why don't we?" have ourselves running through a field while our song plays and use that to help, you know, push our music. I mean, that was not heard of back then. So, you know, always ahead of their time music on and off the court, as they say. Yes. And, and the thing that always still gets me about the Beatles, it was only 10 years. Not even. They have this catalog that it, if it seems like they've been around for 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know, as far as their their actual output of of music and recordings, but it was like seven years. Yeah, it's incredible. And then Paul went on with Wings, and Johnny did his thing for a while, and obviously George and and Ringo's still going, man. You know, so is Paul. They're both still churning out the music. I mean, Paul's eighty, almost eighty. Yeah, and he still released a brand new record. No. So, it's so quite yes, the, the answer to your question 20 minutes ago was yes. Yes. I am looking forward to the Beatles documentary. All right. We got a little bit off track, but it's okay. That's it's okay. We talked about I the just, Beatles. I was just working on, um, I hadn't played in a while. I had a solo show the other night. And I was working on Ticket to Ride. Played that the other night. That's just a great tune, man. There's so many. Acoustic or electric? Because I've uh, seen pictures of you this? with your acoustic Acoustic, acoustic electric. How about wow. that for you? Because on Twitter, I always see you with the acoustic guitar in your hand. So I wonder well, that, if those just... acoustic guitars, those are my breed loves, which I love very much. Uh, those are acoustic electrics. And that's what I use. I don't play no. electric guitar. I'm not a lead player. I'm a, I'm a crooner, man. I'm a singer and a songwriter. And a, you know, I'm the guy. I'm the, no, maybe I, I'm not the guy on the stairs in uh, Animal House. It, I was <laughs> just thinking that. <laughs> I'm John Belushi. <laughs> okay. You're not Stephen Bishop, who was the guy sitting on the stairs. Uh, you're John Belushi who smashes the guitar to pieces. It is. That's odd. I that's unbelievable. I had no idea because I sing some of his tunes. That's great. I had no idea that was him. 
and I believe the the song Animal House at the end during the credits is Stephen Bishop. I got now I got to look into that. Yeah, but I know it's Stephen Bishop sitting on the stairs. And that's a great documentary. <laughs> I think it's on Showtime, and that's John Belushi. You got to watch that one. It's a tragedy, yeah. folks. It's it's been DVR'd. Why are all the best documentaries always tragic? Well, I mean, it's just his story. Another young guy, too. But, uh, yep. Which, I mean, I'm a huge, since we're film guys, Blues Brothers is top five for me films of all yep. time. It's a three-hour just bonanza of just insanity and phenomenal music. And I had no idea that they had a, a million-selling record when they first came out, even before they did the movie. So yeah, it was, it, was, it was a sketch on Saturday Night Live. I know. And then you watch it, and you're, you, it was 1980. First of all, and it's great because it's got Steven Spielberg in a cameo as the Cook County Commissioner or the clerk, and the clerk, the uh, <laughs> guy at the window at the clerk's office for Cook County. And you watch it, and you're like, oh, that woman looks awfully familiar as holding the gun on Belushi. Oh, my God, it's Princess Leia. Yep. <laughs> Without the, the cinnamon rolls for hair. She was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. So go put got to put like three and car chases, police car chases. Uh, the, it's the best ending of a movie. You'll, it can't be topped. Not to mention Rogue who amongst one, us does. Rogue yeah. One is up there. Best endings right. in a movie by the Who amongst us doesn't want to drive a, an old police car through the mall? And you and if you thought you know Smokey and the, and the Bandit was, <laughs> you ain't seen nothing until you see the Blues Brothers movie. But nah. anyway, we are a sports show. Are we still? I, I almost got, I kind of got off track there. So we're going to skip the college hardwood. There's one, two, three, four, five, six games on tonight that I can see. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to. Oh, that's see. Come on, clap your hands, Rob. No, no clap, no hand clapping. Let's go. Woo! I'm tragically pale. We're going to hit the rinks. I'm clapping here where it counts. Some NBA and some hot stove baseball. And um, yeah, let's we're gonna let the college hoops kind of pick up a little more and, and wait for some more storylines. We'll, we'll see what's going on next week, right, Rob? Yeah, right. I mean, here someone's gonna win, someone's gonna lose. There'll be tears, there'll be joy, there'll be laughter, there'll be some amazing shots. You know, when news breaks, we'll tape it back together again. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So, in the meantime, um, where do you want to go? You want to go skating? You want to shoot some hopes? Or you want to talk some uh, free agency hot stove MLB, baby? I mean, uh, we can start with the appetizers of the hockey world first, if you like. Yeah, let's do that. Let's All do right. That. I mean, a couple stories that have broken off the ice. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be without games until the 23rd because of our good friend COVID and my own beloved Washington Capitals, $100,000 fine for violating COVID protocols by having a social gathering where people were there without masks. And that's all the details. It's all the details, the NHL and the caps are releasing at this time. Not that there needs to be any more details. If they're maskless during a social gathering, they should get fined. I mean, I don't know. There's not really much more commentary to make. I mean, now we're starting to see, again, what happens when you play sports outside of a bubble. We had more players testing positive in the NBA as well today, including Carl Anthony Towns um, and more Washington Wizards. Hey, a team that bad. 
can only profit from having these games canceled as the Washington Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, this is what happens when you try to play without a bubble. And we'll talk about this later, but um, baseball is now facing a different kind of crisis because they play outside. But, you know, this not having a bubble is an issue for teams that play indoors, even without fans. My friend, are you still awake? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, like, trying to... He's in stunned silence over there. No, you know what it is? It's, uh, it's the whole, you know, it's uh, the COVID. The COVID. The COVID, right. And how it's, you know, it's, this, look, it's starting to happen here in, in the NHL and, you know, affecting a couple teams here, obviously, out of the, the get-go. And we talk about the, um, you know, how the NBA and the NHL has is, is managed their scheduling, you know, and... Um, I just I just pause there because it's amazing how it just it's it's such a part of what we have to talk about every week, you know. And I also pause too because in the big scheme of life, in terms of how it's affected so many people in so many different ways, outside of the loss of life, um, these past you know eight nine months here, and you know, and then to to talk lightly about it in in the realm of sports. It's it gets a, it's a little difficult sometimes for me, you know. It's, it's it's become like injury talk. I mean, you're right. It's it's you can talk about who's injured, who's out, who's playing, who's practicing, who's not practicing. But now we've taken another turn to who's tested positive, who's quarantining, who's contract tracing. You're right. It's it's taken on a whole new element to this. It's something else we have to talk about. We can't get away from it. And, this, and it's not – we're not making light of it, certainly. I don't want anyone no. out to think we're making light of it. We're just talking about it because it, it's a thing now. It's a real part of sports, especially the sports that play indoors without a bubble. Now they're seeing you know, what happens when you try to have some semblance of a normal season, even with the, the NHL restricting travel and keeping games, you know, two games in the same city and only playing teams that are geographically – Close to you, you know, there's only so much you can do. The NBA is just, you know, they're just, you know, full speed ahead, Leroy Jenkins style into the season, playing their regular schedule, crisscrossing the, the, the country. Um, but it does, it, 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 whatever you do, you know, the, the virus is going to find you. Yeah, I mean, this is where I kind of want to back up here a little bit. And, and if we can kind of rewind a little bit, remember when Notre Dame had the, uh, they beat Clemson. And all the kids ran on the field. And, you know, we're, we're obviously, you know, a month or two from that. But, I, you know, there wasn't any follow-up on the fallout from that. Right. Okay, and Notre Dame goes on, playoffs, so on and so forth. And football is having the fans in the stands prominently more than any of the other sports right now. Obviously, the indoor sports not doing it. Right. Uh, the NHL, I think the Panthers hats, it's weird. It's, this is, this, you know, you have Dallas, Carolina. Florida, these are all southern teams, you know. Not to, but you know, as far as these these teams in terms of the the cities and having fans and 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 how they've they've opened up their um, their communities to just general you know um, out and about stuff as far as COVID and everything else. So what I'm one of the other reasons I pause there too because the other thing I'm thinking is in the in the realm of the thought, like all of us hockey fans and obviously the NBA's back here too and. And and we we have this feeling now that this thought of maybe getting back into the arenas and playing, you know, 
So when you see the NHL teams and the NBA, and it hasn't really happened yet in the NFL, you know, not during the playoffs yet as far as no. anything being canceled. But again, where where is how is this going to happen? You know, there's there's all this talk and, you know, the, t- the games are being played. The NHL can shift things around, right? So just imagine if you had tickets to the game. How does that work? So if you had tickets to the games that were scheduled here, right? And it's weird. If you have tickets to a rock concert and say the singer gets sick or, you know, the bus gets stuck and they got to cancel the show and they got to reschedule it. Usually they, they reschedule like the next year or because they can't break that. If you get thirty shows on the date on the on the on the on the tour in all different cities and all that stuff's booked in advance, that show if it's moved or whatever, it's usually at the end of the tour or it's rolled over the next year. So it's it's all these different things with COVID as far as you know the games being moved. It's 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 frustrating on a schedule purpose, you know, for the NHL right now, um, TV schedule. They plan for this. But what I'm getting at here, and I'd love to hear your take too, is is, is the the vision of involving fans into bas- NBA and NHL games. Football now is in its playoff, you know, point of the season. So you know, Gov Cuomo here in New York, he opens up, um, you know, the fans for the the Bills playoff games, and I think they did rapid testing, and I think that's what's going on here too. Um, I know they're doing that. The uh, all the NHL teams and, and at least the broadcasters, reporters, before they go in, they take these. They have to do the rapid testing. So that's still a small level of people that are entering the building. You know, how are they going to do four thousand, five thousand, or two thousand, whatever the heck it's going to be for NHL or NBA games when this is still being shifted around? I, I guess I'm trying to wrap my head around Rob. How are they going to? How are they going to do this? I mean, one thing that should give us some hope is these outdoor events again they're outdoor and that's that's a but whole different a to- component totally right totally different, different. but um, with the notre dame crowds and the although it might be too soon to tell but the playoff games with the fans there hasn't really been that sports super spreader event at least here in this country and you would think now again unless the information is being kept from the the public by Notre Dame by the NFL, which I wouldn't would not totally shock me. But there hasn't been that super spreader event, so clearly, even though we're talking indoor versus outdoor, the NBA, the NHL should take some comfort in knowing that crowds can manageable crowds and manageable sizes are can be done. And so, if you're talking a twenty thousand seat arena. Bring in a thousand, you know, test it out a bit, spread them out throughout the arena. But like everything else, whatever plan they come up with, because they're obviously not going to just go from zero to 20,000, whatever plan you come up with, whatever number you come up with, the important part is not the rule, but the enforcement of the rule. It's not, you could say you got to wear a mask. You have to have a rapid test before you come in. Um, you know, we're going to stand six feet apart at the concession stand lines. I mean, look, I've been in the supermarket where they have those those lines on the floor where you're supposed to stand. So you're six feet apart from the person in front of you as your way to go into the, the self-checkout area. And, and, and there's people that creep a little closer and it's not that big a deal. 
maybe. So now you're talking, but that's the giant where you're not talking thousands of people and it less concession lines. You're going to have crowds. You're going to have crowds using the bathroom. How are they going to handle that situation? You know, I, I, I mean, I, I, again, it's not the getting people in. It's not having a plan. It's not everyone knows what to do. The issue is, can we enforce rules? Can we say to someone who's paid 50, 100 bucks, whatever it is for a ticket and say, you're not wearing a mask, either put on a mask or I'm giving you the boot. Or if you have fans spread out and then all of a sudden they want to start congregating in better seats. I mean, I just we all want fans back in, but we all want to make sure that we're not just saying, all right, go in. And after you're in, you've had the test. We're not going to monitor you because yes. you paid to be here. What I'm trying to what I'm trying to delve into, though, is like I said, the NFL or even the NCA, whatever. It's like one it's one game a week. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, NFL probably is a bad example right now or football because it's coming to an end. You know, you got two games, two big games left and then and obviously the Super Bowl and that's it. But hockey's playing three to five games a week now, for argument's sake. NBA, same thing, three to five. You know, so let's say, let's say three weeks from now they start trying to bring fans in. The the scheduling aspect of it is just like, so, so let's say the fans buy, you know, whatever amount of fans they bring in. So they buy tickets. So if you know you're going to see the uh, you know the Canes play the Flyers and you know, you know what's involved, say you're the, one of the lucky thousand fans or whatever that's going, you got to make your travel arrangements, you got to get your babysitters, you got to get a car, whether you're taking the train if you're in, in the city or you know east whatever, and the, and the Flyers obviously, you know depending on what city it is and, and mass transit and all that other stuff. So if it turns out that if it's one game, two games, three games, and these because hockey and basketball has more games per week, can- cancellation, shifting of tickets. So, like, if I had tickets to the game Tuesday, I can't go because they moved it. Or I was going to go, but they moved it because of COVID and the reschedule, I can't go. So then they got to fl- I'm I'm just trying to talk no. about now how the NHL and the NBA is going to be a little more different as far as how they would do the process of selling tickets, bringing certain amounts of teams in, and then if they have to, you know quarantine, move games around, and everything else, it's it's not it's easy for the NHL to move the teams around, the two teams that are playing each other in the bubble, mm-hmm. but moving the fans around or moving the fans to, all right, you can't come this Wednesday. Yeah, sorry if you had tickets, um, but if you have tickets, you can come. It's been rescheduled to the following Thursday. You understand what I'm saying? There's a lot right. of additional chaos wherein maybe it's just might be just better off down the road to just Keep the fans out, I guess. I I don't know. I mean, they could have teams. Teams could do, say, one day a week is fans day and not, again, letting 20,000 people into the barn. But come up with a number, 1,000, 2,000 percentage number, whatever they want to do. Just say this is the day we're letting fans in. Or, or here's the calendar, right? You can see the macro view of the calendar. These days are fan days. And we're opening up to our season ticket holders and say this block of season ticket holders gets this day. And they also, and if, but and, they also have to get tested. They have to be negative. Then I well, can hold them in. Right. I mean, obviously, right. If you're going to come in, you have to show us that – do what the Bills did. We're going to – we as the team will administer the test, and you have to have proof that you've you know tested negative before you came in, whatever the 48, 72 hours. But if the game has to be rescheduled – the next game on the fan day calendar, and I'm just 
talking off the top of my head here. Yeah, and, and that's fine, Rob. What you know, what, it's just, I don't know. But, even I don't, hearing, but do you understand where I'm coming from? Even just hearing you go through the process? Yeah, there's no way to do this cleanly. Yeah. I mean, they're just going to have to do it. I guess what you and I, the reason you and I are having so much trouble with this is this is uncharted waters. We've never had to deal with so many. I mean, sure, every sport has a delay or a postponement of some kind, even indoor sports. But this is, the reality is, Every day could be a postponement. And so the problem is what you and I are, are discussing is the same thing the, the NBA and the NHL are discussing. And because they can't come up with a solution that works or that's clean, they'd rather just push away from the table and say, we're not going to do it. But they have to do it. They're going to have to roll up their sleeves, get their hands dirty and say, look, we're just going to do this and see how it works. And if it's a total disaster, at least we tried. Because if you say to the fans, look, we tried doing the fan thing. It became too much of a clusterfuck with postponements and cancellations and moving teams around and, and the, the testing. It was too difficult. But we're keeping the games going. We're keeping the lights on. You got live hockey. You got live basketball. It's the best we can do. And you know what? Most fans will say, hey, we, we appreciate that you tried. And that's good enough. This is, I think, you and I talking about this illustrates really what the problem is. It's the they're afraid to take the leap into the unknown and say, we're just going to try it. And if it blows up in our face, Hey, we tried something, right? It's better than saying, I don't want to try anything. Cause what if it, what if it's a mistake? Nothing entered, nothing gained. Maybe yeah. that's the issue. Yeah, and, and, just try and, it. Try yeah, one no, day I with fans. Look, credit to the credit to the leagues for doing this because, you know, Batman had talked about how much money they're losing, you know, uh, the NBA financial, we've talked about it here on the show, the M NBA, you know, it, it doesn't matter what their financial shell is. They're still losing money. It's, right. it's you know, it doesn't matter. You, you don't have people, you know, buying tickets at the gate and concessions. You're, you're just, you're losing money. And that's but, why I'm okay with them renaming, selling the naming rights to the division. I'm like, whatever you want to do, put advertisements on the helmet. I don't care. You're keeping the lights on. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a different year. But so whatever you got to do, do it. Yeah, but bouncing mm -hmm. back to the whole, this you know, my brain freeze earlier was about COVID, right? You know, and we've been doing this show now. This is our fifteenth, sixteenth episode, and and just you know going through this, and it's it, we're you know all the shows are doing this. Everybody's going through this, and that's yeah. the that's the collective sigh pause because we're doing a sports show and we're not complaining about anything here. It's just the grasp of how it's intertwined with real right. life and the sports industry and definitely now with the NHL coming back. Yes, we sit back. We don't care. We just want to watch the games. I had a blast watching, uh, you know, just the hockey the last couple of days. It's been awesome. Uh, you know, you don't need the fans. You're just watching the game. It's no big deal. But like I said, Bettman and the crew up in, in the offices and stuff, they're seeing there's, there's no money coming in. But the, the top headlines that we led with on this section here was, you know the caps getting fined 100, 100 grand because their players are not you know following protocol um you know another game's getting moved canceled pushed back so um now all the other teams are playing forward and, and now those couple of teams now that have to wait till the 23rd you know to play Dallas Dallas just started their season yeah exactly they were it's, delayed because and of what's covid and what to say in 2 weeks uh you know something happens up in Canada and then right. a couple other teams have to pause and stop you know there's all these things yes the unknown that's up here but it's all this it's all wrapped around this this covid thing um in terms of just you know <laughs> we 
we we just have there's there's so much to wait and see, and it is it's different from what's going on in the uh, in the NFL and uh, and the college football ranks too. And I haven't you know I haven't seen any reports. I haven't seen any bad or negative reports come out of the Buffalo Bill games that that were played here. Um, you know because that's usually a big thing. I haven't seen any headlines come in about you know um, any fallout. Uh, cases and all that other stuff. And again, the people that went in supposedly were tested yeah. before they went in and everything else and so on and so forth. But we're anyway, waiting on a long, exhausted way events. to kind of just say I'm pretty just and, and I don't want to be selfish about this and I don't want to be insensitive about it. Um, but it, it, it is it's it's part of doing sports these days, talking about it, enjoying it, being a fan. And it, it's like injuries. Everybody wants to get, to get back to normal one way or the other. Right. It, 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 it's a reality like injuries. We have to talk about it. We can't ignore injuries in sports. We can't ignore this in sports. But we don't dwell in it. And we certainly don't go down the, the political road or the political aspect of it. Because, uh, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> That's not what we do here. We're not your, your outlet for you know political talk about COVID. But as it relates to sports... We would be doing you a disservice if we didn't talk about it, didn't mention it, because it's right. not. We're not going to bury our head in the sand. All right, we've been we've been waiting long enough, I think. Yes. Talk and about just as, and just as friend. far as as far as the gameplay, the games, the NHL. You know, uh, most of the teams are uh, you know three and four games in, and uh, the hockey's been good. It's been enjoyable to watch. There's some, been some great highlights, and uh, you know. Uh, up and down, but like I said, 10, 12, 15 games in, it'll be really, we'll get a chance to see, and again, hopefully most of those teams will get into the mix there, but uh, it has been just wonderful to yep. watch the games, and uh, you can see after these first two, three games, the guys are getting their legs. Uh, the Caps-Pens game the other day was just a lot of fun. There's a lot of great chances, a lot of great storylines going on in terms of how, you know, how guys are playing, performing, yep. rookies, young guys, and again, for the players, man, it's dead silent in there, and and you know <laughs> we've got the TV and the fake noise, and we you know when you're home, you create your own atmospheres in terms of how you watch the game. But man, these guys are playing, and all they're hearing is you know skate blades and pucks hitting yep. the boards and cursing I, and I stuff. Have, I have it. yet to to check out the new Doc Emmerich less booth. Uh, for NBC, ah, they're all so tough guys, they're, you know, between I'm sure they are. Old, it's just going to be odd to hear the the game of the week and not hear Doc Emmerich. It's just well, you better hurry be up before COVID cancels the season. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy, remember, so go ahead. What I'm sorry, just don't. It's too soon to get too high in your team or too low in your team. That's all I'm going to say. It's been four games, so relax, oh, everybody. Buddy, you relax. know I, you know I, I do some Ranger stuff here, and just seeing. I tell you what, it's not even just the Rangers, but all the NHL fans, th- three, four games in, they're losing their shit. It's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? Really? It's, it's, it's just absolute hysterical. But, you know, but at the same time, it's also great to see everybody just, they're probably, everybody's just, you know, exhilarated to be focusing yep. on something else besides COVID, politics, all that other yes. crap, so... Yes, sir. Did on you uh, did you send did you send a birthday card to the captain on Monday? He turned sixty. Which 60. captain? Which, ca- Mark, oh, which captain? 
You call yourself a Rangers fan. I say the captain. You go, what captain? Well, you know, it's funny. The fir- when you said, you, when you said 60, the first guy I thought of was Char. <laughs> no. Yeah, please. That tree stalk yeah. wearing your jersey now. <laughs> please. Yeah, that, 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 when you, that Methuselah is not the captain. He may be the captain with a little C. But there's only one captain with a big C in New York, and that's my bald brother, Mark Messier. I hope you sent him a birthday card for his 60th birthday. Ah, you know, come on. For years, it's, you know, love Moose. He's the best, you know, won the Stanley Cup for us. But um, we got a new squad, man. I really love the new team, young kids. All right. Living the now. I get it. I get it. Because it's been, it'll be, what, 25 years since 94? It's a mighty long time. Or 27 years. Really, who's counting? Yeah, well, I mean, we got into the finals in 2014, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you don't, you don't get a parade for getting in. You only no. get a parade for winning, baby. Nope. There are no banners for second place, except in the homes of the second place team. And so. speaking of championships and banners, we might have a new one here in New York and Brooklyn. The Nets, baby. Talk some Nets for me, buddy. Tell me what you think. Well, there's really there's really two storylines with the Nets, the old Brooklyn Nets, or as I like to call them, the New Jersey Nets, because I'm old. <laughs> uh, you got Harden, who's played two games now with Kevin Durant, and so far, you know, it's I, it's been two games. Don't get too high, don't get too low, but in well, two I'm games, showing some moves the other night, baby. Uh, they're playing the Cavs tonight. In fact, they're playing right now, even as we speak. Uh, but so far, as a Brooklyn Net, he and Durant. They're undefeated. They beat the Magic on the 16th. They beat the Bucks on the 18th. Bucks, no pushover. The Magic, pretty tough team also. Um, looking at the stats here for Harden, uh, in his debut, he had a triple-double in his debut uh, with the Nets. 32 points, 12 rebounds, 14 assists, 4 steals, a block. Pretty, pretty good. And then in the game on the 18th against the Bucks, 34 points, 6 rebounds, 12 assists, 1 block. So, hey. So if it were a two-game season, you'd have to say the trade with Houston, thumbs up, A-plus, doing well. Now, how are the Rockets doing? The issue here, <laughs> they're, they're a train wreck. I feel bad for the players left there. And John Wall. I'd like to be John Wall traded there thinking, hey, I'm going to play with uh, James Harden. And now he's looking around to see who his teammates are. But the, the, the fly in the ointment here is going to be Kyrie Irving, who on Tuesday finally – after seven games and, uh, let's see, a lot of money, $50,000 plus for violating uh, NBA protocols, plus $800,000 in lost salary, he's back. Or he's back yesterday. And now we're going to see how that team functions with three world-class divas. It's one thing to have Harden and Durant. They know each other. They played with each other in, in OKC many, many, many moons ago. But now you add Irving to the mix. And it's just everything – for Brooklyn fans, I just I feel for you. Everything you read about this guy, he says I'm hap- I'm back, I'm happy to be back, and we got some great pieces, and we just moved. This is Irving when he came back Tuesday, and we just move on. I let my actions and my game speak for itself, like I planned on doing. Why were you gone? I just needed a pause, he said. Yes, we all. Do. I just now and again. A pause. Irving said he had a lot of family and personal stuff going on, so just want to leave it at that. Okay, you know uh, that's. There are some things that are none of our business, but then he said this, and I just, you listen to this and your head explodes. If you don't create that distinction, 
And he's referring to making a distinction between current current political events and societal events and playing in the NBA. Because after all, he he is he's not only a basketball player, but he's a diplomat. And obviously world Fine. diplomacy is his is his game. But he said, if you don't create that distinction, then it's easy to feel the weight of the world. And I'm going to be very dramatic here. Weight of the world while you're going out there and playing. If only you could see this as I'm looking at the sky. (laughs) So I'd be lying sitting here and saying, I don't feel what's going on in the world, nor am I paying attention to it. Let's just stop there for a second. I don't feel what's going on in the world, nor am I paying attention to it. Okay. I just have a huge responsibility. Listen to this guy. I mean, the the narcissism of this guy. I have a huge responsibility. The whole world is clinging to every move that Kyrie Irving makes, not just the Brooklyn Nets fans, but the world. Remember, he is the diplomat to the world, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the sage spreading descendant of Native American tribes, spreading peace and love throughout the NBA. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I feel to continue to serve my community and the underserved. And when I'm out here playing, it's continuing to leave knowledge with these guys and commit to something, like I always say, bigger than ourselves. Isn't that rich? Oh, that is rich. (laughs) Talking about commitment. This from a guy who missed seven games because he needed a pause. How many Mm -hmm. games have we had this season? 10, 12, and he's missed seven of them? 15, they're nine and six, buddy. I mean, okay, so he's missed almost half their games because he needed a pause. Irving said it is hard to ignore what is going on in the world, and he wants to continue to, quote, make daily change. Still, he said he is committed to playing basketball. For whom? Not that doesn't seem like he's committed to playing for the Nets. But anyway, he's back. And I'm happy because I can't wait to see what mess he makes of a pretty good. I mean, that team's they're doing well, even before Harden got there. Nine and six, buddy. Yeah. 400 so games to go. Let's see how they do in this shortened season. Yeah. The three divas. Have um, so have good luck. Good that, luck. Uh, that net sweater, buddy. You're going to need it for the championship. Great. Sure. I'll be right there front and center at the parade. You know, I'll bet you Irving won't be there. If they do happen to hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy, uh, he'll need to take a pause. Okay. <laughs> yes. Or or he'll be off on some diplomatic mission. I will tell you, nobody has dined out more on a nine-game college career or one good playoff series more than Kyrie Irving. And, and that's not, which is not – and don't forget all this, all the flat-earth stuff too. It's just this guy. You know, Phil Jackson was eccentric and – Kooky, wacky, but he won, you know, 11 championships. You're allowed to be that way when you're Phil Jackson. When you've won squad douche, okay, he's won one NBA championship. Great. You're not allowed to be that wacky and that nutty. You got to earn that right, my friend. Did Jackson take a pause? Did he take a pause? Did coach take a pause? I I think a very short one, but he'd already won six championships. He did pause when he he coached the the Knicks. He did take a pause. He did. He paused after the Bulls because when you win six championships, again, you're allowed to say, I need a breather. When you've done, again, squad douche, you're not allowed to say, I need to take a breather. All right. Well, we wish him the best. And we will, uh, we will continue to follow the, the story of the Brooklyn Nets and all their all-stars and diplomats on their team as they move forward in this NBA season.
You got anything else on on NBA you want to touch on? No, we nope. can move on. To some I'm just hot stove sit- baseball, baby. I'm just sitting here with my popcorn, waiting for the Brooklyn Nets to implode. The Brooklyn Nets, baby. The Brooklyn Nets still Forget about to get used it. To Forget about it. Nine six, nine and six, seven hundred games to go. It's all yeah. good. It all only right, buddy. <laughs> um, it's cold here on the East Coast, but the baseball free agency is, has been heating up. And um, we got some, um, we got some another. We've lost another great, great one from yep. our days baseball. We'll talk about uh, that and um, got some rules changes, rule changes, and the and Amazons are back the, in the news. So uh, there's another story, right? There's a story, a little story involving yes. the it, New York gonna, Metropolitan. We'll save that for the end. It'll be uh, brought to you by our sponsors at Manscape. Outstanding. And we'll talk about the Jared Porter situation. In flushing, baby. You made yep. All right, pal. Um, let's start with um Mr. Sutton. Take it away, my friend. Don Sutton, another one. We have lost another Hall of Famer. And and I'm I will tell you that so far this since the beginning of 2020, we have lost I mean, just listen to the Cooperstown losses we've had this year. Lou Brock, Whitey Ford, Bob Gibson, Al Kaline, Joe Morgan, Phil Negro, Tom Tom Seaver, and Tommy Lasorda, and now Don Sutton. Ever since we started this show. Ever since we started this show. Yeah, so I guess we'll just step away from the microphone, lest more Hall of Famers die. Uh, To the the mishpucha, the the family of Willie Mays. Give Willie Mays a big hug because we're not going off the air anytime soon. (laughs) Okay, our oldest living member of the Hall of Fame. Hold on to your senior Hall of Fame baseball family member. If you've got a family member who's in his 70s or 80s or 90s in the Hall of Fame, you may want to give him a call. Again, not to make light of the situation, but I'm, I'm getting a little nervous because they're dropping like flies. But, hey, you know, it gives us something to talk about, I guess. All right. So Don Sutton. Uh, 324 wins, 256 losses. Nobody is ever going to confuse Don Sutton with Tom Seaver, with Bob Gibson. Speaking of the players you lost, Randy Johnson, if we get more modern, a Clayton Kershaw. He is not someone who was going to overpower you. Still finished more than 3,000 strikeouts. But what he's known for is just, uh, if you look at his statistics, except for the strike-shortened season of 81 and his last year with the Dodgers in 88, every year this guy's making 35, 37, a couple years, 40 and 41 starts. You're never going to see that again. No. Never. Absolutely. Never. Absolutely not. No way. I mean, this guy, and, and, he, and he pitched from 21 to 43, even at age 42, in which he, at 41 and 42, he went 15-11 and 11-11, not bad for an old guy. And in 1986, he was 15-11 with a 3.74 ERA, made 34 starts at the tender age of 41. So whatever you're going to say about Sutton is durability. You know, that old cliche about the best ability is availability. Well, he certainly was that and more so. Um, 30 or more starts every year, except for the strike-shortened year and his last year. And even his last year, he still managed to pump out 16 starts at age 43, he went three and six with a three point nine two ERA even at the end. You know, again, you got an ERA below four. I realize it was a different game back in the sixties, seventies, and eighties. But if you're forty three years old and you're 
able to manage a ERA below four at 43 again. You're doing something right. Um, I thought it was interesting that his the day he debuted for the Dodgers, April 14, 1966, is the same day Greg Maddox was born, which I think is super cosmic because there's a guy, there's a comparable to Sutton. Now, Greg Maddox would overpower you with very slow stuff, and his control was amazing. But those two, another guy who gave you a lot of innings, another guy who was going to start 25, 30 games a year for you every year like clockwork. Um, what I found to be sad about – let me just – before I get – let me just get to some more about the durability. Please do, Robert. Sutton never missed a turn in the rotation. 756 starts. Only Cy Young and Nolan Ryan, two guys you may have heard of, uh, have made more starts than Sutton. He was never injured. He had just won 20 win season. Okay. But he had 10 or more wins in every season except 83 and 88. 58 shutouts, 5-1 hitters, 10-2 hitters, 7th on the career strikeout list with 3,574, 3rd all-time in games started, 7th in innings pitched, and he worked at least 200 innings in 20 of his first 21 seasons. Again, only the strike shortened season of 81 broke that streak. But what I found to be uh, sad about the whole Sutton story is his career, the bookends of his career. Talk about symmetrical. His first season with the Dodgers, they made it to the World Series. He helped them in the stretch run. It, listen to this rotation. Sandy Koufax, Don Drysdale, Claude Osteen. Pretty, pretty good. You're the fourth starter. Wow. So they make it to the World Series. Good old days. Right? And he get they get swept by, yes, that's right, my beloved Baltimore Orioles, and he never gets a chance to pitch in the World Series. Uh, he led them to well in that World Series. The World's uh, led, them to, led the Dodgers to pennants in 74, 77, 78. So he doesn't get to appear in the World Series in his first season. Then his last season, which was 88, he actually retired before the season ended, a season that ended with the Dodgers uh, winning the World Series, the epic Kirk Gibson World Series. So he starts his career uh, one spot in the rotation too late to pitch in the series, and he ends his career by retiring before actually getting that World Series victory. Never won a World Series in his career. Got there, but never won it. Wow. Just, it was quite an amazing career. And, and let's not forget, he did appear on the match game several times, and he was a pretty good contestant. I believe he appeared while he was still playing. So, you can Google, on, or you can search on YouTube for the Don Sutton match game participation. A hell of a so run down there, Mr. Cuny, and a hell of a nod there to Mr. Sutton. I uh, just, he was, uh, he's, I think of all the Hall of Famers, uh, especially the ones we've lost, certainly the most underrated. I mean, it's just, we're not going to see a guy that can win 324 games while losing 256. No, uh, we, we, we've talked about that before. Yeah, I mean, just the, uh, the we old, talked the about old... Phil Necro, you know, just that many starts, that many appearances, it's just... You're not going to get that anymore. Which kind of, it's crazy. I mean, you have these baby pitchers now. They pitch four innings, five innings, and they make insane amounts of money. And these guys, these workhorses from our days, the old days, the past, you know, pitching until they're, you know, into their 40s and, you know, Ironman games, length of games and finishing closing. I mean, just ridiculous amount of time that they put into the game and their performance and didn't make a sniff. And, and we're, these guys are and, making now. 
And we're not going to see guys who come up at 21 years old. I mean, whether it's because of the free agency clock or wanting to protect your pitchers, just we don't see them. I mean, there are players, obviously, who come up at 19, 20, 21 years old, but it's a rarity now. I mean, to start your major league career at 21 and to last 22 years, pretty impressive. No doubt. So Don, Don Sutton, you will be missed. And no. a heck of a broadcaster, by the way, in his oh, later yeah. years. No doubt. So uh, condolences to the Sutton family. And, uh, again, Rob, great little uh, montage there of uh, the old guy's career. You know what I just realized, too, um, which is impressive, uh, <laughs> listen to you, when you brought up your your uh, hometown favorite uh, Baltimore Orioles. You know what you guys have in common with? The New York Islanders. And the year, 1983. That's the last time. Those two horrible franchises have won a championship. Okay. So I'll let you say what you will about the Islanders. There's no love loss, but the Orioles. Now, the Orioles lately, from 97 to 2012, they were a total train wreck. And actually, from 86 to 97, they were also train wrecking. Lately, you know, when Buck Showalter was there, they had a few good years, made the playoffs. Now they're just a, a, a total dumpster fire, a total rebuild. Um but horrible franchise. One of baseball's best for almost 20 years there. <laughs> you don't get a parade. You hey, we have parade. three World Series. We've had enough parades. Sorry. We Go also ahead. lost long, long time. three epic World Series failures in our part also. But hey, you got to get there to fail. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> wow. And that's not a knock on the Bills. That Look, to make four Super Bowls in a row, it's, no one's ever done that. And that, there's a reason why. Well, you know who doesn't fail? You know who wins lots of championships? My New York Yankees, I know, Yankees, the New York baby. Yankees. Yeah, 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 yeah. New York Yankees. By the Evil. way, I, 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 you know, I, I've searched Evil the film. Empire. I've searched the film. I, I don't remember seeing you in a uniform out in that field. So when you say we won the championship, <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall a champagne-soaked Paul Cuthbert. I wear the black and white at home. In those wear locker the black rooms. black and white to the stadium when we can go back. Big news. <laughs> Jacks, steal little headlines from the Metsies. Yeah. Good headlines. You guys have some good news, opposed to the guys across town, which we'll get to. Yeah, you got you, you got DJ LeMayhew, and now Corey Kluber's coming to we town. Love you, Corey. Welcome aboard. How do you DJ, feel about old, old Klubes with his eleven million dollar deal, one year deal? Throwing a hundred, hundreds of millions of dollars around like it's no tomorrow. Man, baseball is doing good. These guys are making bank, baby. 90 yep. mil for DJ. 90 mil. I mean, certainly two worth weeks, it. He's, he's only got to play two weeks in October. That's it. <laughs> Isn't that all you need? That's all we need, buddy. Cy, a former Cy Young winner. Corey, come on. Yeah, you got Corey and Garrett, Tanaka. I mean, you guys, how do you feel about that at the top of your rotation now? Can you hear it? That's how I feel. That's how oh, I, it's, I know you're excited. That's, you're, that's, you're, I can that's see the theme music for a future championship. That's I wish you is. all could see the look on Paul's face. It's it's this giddy schoolboy look. Like he just, you know, it's just he looks so excited. And I just hope, you know, it New works York out Mets, for you. We are your father. Bronx Bombers, baby. I hope it works out. We also saw uh, John Lester going to the Nats. Ah, At 100,000 years old. 
And I guess the big news, though, is George Springer going to the Blue Jays, much to the chagrin. 150 of, mil, baby! Of our Met fans who What's were that convinced. Canadian money? Convi- I think it's like a buck fifty in uh, U.S. Canadian to U.S. But it's quite, if you look at this lineup that Jeff Passan of ESPN uh, projects, I mean, first of all, it's a lineup that looks like they tore it out of the late '90s with guys like Biggio, Bichette, and Guerrero in that lineup. Obviously, it's their kids. Uh, but Springer leading off, Kavan, Biggio, Bo Bichette, Hernandez, Vlad Jr. It's just that's a stacked top of the order. You got your work cut out for your Yankee fans with the Blue Jays there. Now, obviously, I don't think they have the pitching that you all do, but this is an era. Your team, your Yankees, they just they rely on clubbing the ball over the fence. So, you know, pitching doesn't really matter. Pitching is almost an afterthought with you guys, which is surprising that you went after Corey Kluber, but I don't know. You're uh, we got a Red him. Sox fan, Yankee fan, Rays fan, not an Orioles fan. We're dead in the water. But if you're any of those three teams, now you're looking over your shoulder. Yanks got to sign who's left, you know, <laughs> who's out there who can still throw the ball, you know? Yep. It's, it, does it seem to you like it's another year like last year where I don't want to use the C word, but it seems like, again, the free agency flow is a trickle. You know, it's uh, I understand – Again, COVID, financial issues, but I would be if it weren't for last year, the last couple of years where free agency has been, you know, choked almost. And the waiting game it used to be like when you and I were younger, free agency would start, hot stove league, eighteen thousand free agents would be signed within the first twenty minutes. It was almost hard to keep up with it. Now it's it's like the old Jack Morris days, you know, where he was left out in the cold and um but the catcher for the Tigers who felt the same, went through the same thing. I, I don't like it. You know, again, I don't want to use the C word, but it seems like uh, we're not getting the, the action we used to it's get. It's January 20th. We have a couple more weeks. Yeah, but by, by January, you're like, who's left on the shelf? Well, January, the free agent shelf looks like Walmart, you know, after Thanksgiving. I Shelves of nothing there. Well, you know? These are the times we live in, Robert. Yes, there's no fuller name for Paul, so I'll just say yes, Paul. <laughs> you know, when you call me Robert, I feel like I should call you. You if know, if I was if Paul I was knighted in England, you could call me yes. Sir Paul, as they do Sir, for Mister McCartney. It's only for McCartney. Yes, that's true. But I feel like when you call me Robert, there should be some equivalent, like you know, again, Paulowitz. Hello, Paulowitz. No, Boy, give all. Sorry. So I we'll it. see. I just free agency. It's just it's not what it used to be. It's not as fun. As it used to be. Unless you're a Blue Jays fan, apparently, because you got. Fun in the, the Bronx, big baby! Fun in the Bronx! <laughs> woo Get ready. You want to talk about some rules changes, or do you want to get to what's happening in Flushing? No, give me some rule changes, and then we're going to go. Then we're going to go Flushing. Queens, where the world has just turned upside down. Yes, and there'll be an apology coming from yours truly, but we'll get to that in a moment. All right, so you remember last year, baseball had, uh, with the shortened season and needing some money, they came up with some rules that everyone said would be temporary. Well, here here they are, back, and as someone once said, better than ever. So 
Major League Baseball, this is from the USA Today, Bob Nightingale had a whole article on this a couple of days ago in the USA Today saying that Major League Baseball, fearing that the pandemic could create havoc with their scheduling once again, very realistic possibility, proposing the return of seven inning doubleheaders and extra inning games beginning with a runner on second base. Um, they're also talking about, uh, and this hasn't been, all of this has to be agreed to by the union, of course, but another thing that's in the works, those two things are, are almost uh, definite, but what else is in the works is the dreaded universal DH and expanded postseason, not the 16 teams we had last year, but uh, 14 teams. So it'd be similar to the NFL playoffs where you'd have uh, the top seven in each league and the, the top team would have a bye as opposed to uh, just playing the home game. Um, Major League Baseball, a 14-team playoff pool that provides the team with the best record in each league at first-round bye, as opposed to the no reward for winning for having the best record in the league. Now, look. Uh, I'm looking. All of now, this look, stuff. I'm looking. I'm looking at this. This whole notion of the seven-inning doubleheaders, I don't have as much a problem with. That should only be in a, if they have a cardinal situation where they miss you know, so many games that you have to squeeze in games every day. But the whole extra inning games, starting with a runner on second, I hate it. I don't know. I just, to I me, it's not. You. I hate it too. It's not baseball. It, no, it becomes a completely different game. Now, I know people it say. Becomes, it becomes beer league softball to me once you start right, know, doing stuff like that. I know people say, well, what about, you know, the shootout and the, the four on four when they get to overtime in hockey? And I'm like, well, that's different. Have you ever sat through a three, four period extra overtime? You'll know what we're talking about. I mean, it's it's got it's, in the game. it's a level playing field when you start with a runner on second. It's not a level playing field and it's not it, it's not. But give me, Baseball. Rob, are they going to do this? Are they definitely doing this? Or okay, this so those two things, the, the seven-inning doubleheader and the, the man on second, it's pretty much a, a, a foregone conclusion. Wow. That the, the union is going to agree to this for this, again, for, quote, this year only. They just want the to get universal, early, that's all. The universal DH and the expanded playoffs is on the table. It still has to be negotiated. Great benefits, high paychecks, and now we're going to send you home early. Look at that. Yeah, I just... I, I, you know, I, I don't have a, a rational explanation as to why this is an abomination. It just is. It, to me, it just it's not baseball. It, I, it becomes, I know why the union wants this. We get home early. Get home, see the kids. Sure. Well, I mean they, that, but they're also concerned about the compressed window of games. Secretly, the elephant in the room is, you know, the old pace of play, exciting game concept that nobody wants to slog through four or five extra innings. They just want to go home. So this way, if we speed up the game, extra innings will be more exciting. I say all of that stuff, all of those things you want to do to pick up the – see, there's a difference between a slow game and the pace of play. A game that takes a long time but moves quickly is not as bad as a game that takes a long time and it moves like Zdeno Charo on the ice at age 470. Speeding up, you're not, you want to speed up the pace of play, pitch clocks, batters that can't step out of the batter's box every five seconds to adjust themselves. Those kinds of things never get talked about when they, the lords of baseball talk about pace of play. They talk about things like this, like putting a runner on second base, or you have to pitch... You know, if you're, you have to face at least three batters, unless it's the end of the in, an inning, uh, you know, if you're a, a, 
a relief pitcher. Those things, again, they tap dance around the issue of pitch clock, batters in the batter's box, and stepping out, speeding up the game. Say, look, the clock goes on. You got 30 seconds to throw your pitch. The whole thing takes 30 seconds, whatever they're going to do. Automatic, you know, robotic balls and strike calls. Look, they do it in tennis. They have a robot line judge. Unless you're, you know, no Novak Djokovic, people seem to be okay with uh, the lines, men and women in tennis doing their job. So why not those kinds of changes? You want to make changes that are going to bring people under the tent and, as you say, get you home to your family quicker. Those are the kind of changes we should be talking about. Not this seven-inning doubleheader and a runner on second to start Sounds games. To I'd, me, you know Rob. what? I'd be okay with a runner on first. Uh, not a runner on second. Runners on anywhere. Come on. I mean, if they're going to – I'm just saying, if they're going to do a runner on base, I, I'm okay sort of with a runner on first, but a runner on second, it's just – why don't you just put the runner, you know, five steps from home? Make the balls a little it's, bigger. Make them just a little bigger. Yeah, or give them golf clubs in extra no. innings. You, don't, you, have, you can't swing a baseball bat. You have to swing a golf club. Good luck to you. Or a hockey stick. They're looking to speed the game up, aren't they? Why would you give them golf clubs? It's going to make it harder. I'm just saying you want to, you want to get people interested on, in the Mr. extra Cuny. innings. See, I'm talking make the balls just a little bit bigger. They make them easier to hit. How about a beach ball? No, because there's no there's not enough air. You hit a beach ball, it's just going to it's now it's well, here, just going wait. to get past home plate, man. Here's an idea. Wait, scrap all that. Extra innings start. You bring everybody gets to all the all the starters you put on the bench come back out into the field and we play wiffle ball. How about ties? How, do, how about a tie? Yeah, how about a tie? You know What's what? Here's my idea. The game ended in a tie. Every other sport, well, not basketball. <laughs> other sports say, you know what? If it's a tie, it's the regular season. Who cares? I mean, look, if the NFL in a 16-game season can say, well, we played overtime and we still have a tie, then you in your 162-game baton death march can certainly have a tie or two. It's not the end of the world. It's not the postseason. No one's saying ties in postseason, obviously. A a game in July when it's 1,000 degrees between two teams in last place, if you play nine innings and nobody's won, that kind of encapsulates their whole season. Do ties, and if it's the playoffs, you do a home run derby. God, now see, that would be great. Again, it's not baseball, but I love it. Yeah, soccer, they do a tie. You get a point for the tie. You get three points for the win. And but then if you go to the playoffs, you got the the penalty shots. And 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 one more thing, I've always it's wanted weird to know because this. the NHL does it completely opposite. You go to the they do the tie now, and you know the extra you know um, when you know you get the if you win in uh, overtime, you get the extra point. Obviously, yeah. um, the name the actual terminology escapes me. Terrible as a hockey guy, but. Um, but then you go to the playoffs in hockey, you got to play until the end of the world, until somebody scores. But why not that in baseball, right? If they're talking, just give them a tie, and then if it's the playoffs, then have a home run derby or something. I don't know. And, and here's We're one more We're having fun th- here because we can do that here at the Hodges. Yeah. One more thing. Why on earth, I'm sure somebody who is much more intelligent than I am, which, by the way, you can put a butterfly net out your window and find somebody more intelligent than I am. Why not just let... Why do once you leave the field, do you have to stay off the field? Every other sport, you can Ooh, come and go as you don't please. Don't mess with tradition that way. No, no. I know, I, I know, I know. I'm a baseball purist things. as well. I just sometimes I'm like, 
why not just let the players back? It's not hockey, not football, not basketball. You can't. Now, I understand if we take it to its most ridiculous extreme, you could and have – Sports are just the same, Rob. Wait, you could have a pitcher come in and face a batter, go to the bench, <laughs> bring another pitcher in to face a batter. He goes to the bench, and you'd have games that would run all the way into you know the next millennium. I get it. I just it's always something that bothered me that you. No, I know it's strategy. Ooh, strategy. I get it, but I just it bothers me. All right, it bothers me. Well, what do you want all, from me? When it comes down to Rob, <laughs> it's percentages. How many games is this an issue with? You know, to me, sometimes to me, it's too dramatic because how many how many games out of a year do you really remember? Oh my God, the game went twenty two innings last night. No. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 few and far between as far as I'm concerned. So I don't know about making too much of a big deal of it. Um, you know, whatever they feel as far as compact schedule, COVID, contracts, union, they want to get these guys home earlier. The thought of them putting a runner on a base or starting with an extra guy, to me, like I said, it just turns into right. softball beer league to me. But ties are okay, Rob. I'm, with, I'm fine with ties. Ties for a meaningless game in July or August, it's okay. Because okay. look at this. Oh, you look up at the scoreboard. Say you're in New York like I am, and I look to see if the Bo- uh, the Baltimore Orioles are trying to win a championship for the first time since 1983 and how they're doing. And I look up and I say, oh, look at their fans. They, they went 23 innings last night. They had to stay up till 3 in the morning to watch the end of that game. And that's terrible. Or another scene would be, oh, look, it's the Baltimore Orioles. They haven't won since the, 1983, but they tied last night. And everybody got to get get home before ten. How about that? And it didn't cost them a chance to go to the playoffs. It's one out of one sixty-two. Oh, man. All right, buddy. Well, I want a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to talk about the Amazons, baby. And this special Meet the Mets segment is brought to you by our sponsors here at the Sports Hot Shows, Manscape. And Rob will tell oh, you yes. all about the special you get from the sports honchos at uh, the end yes. of this segment. But first. Oh, at the end of know, the segment. At the end of the segment, we'll do it, okay? Okay, got but it. First, Rob is going to take us into the Metsy's world right now, and we're going to talk about Jared Porter. And I tell you, you, know, you just can't make this stuff up. I, 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 again, let me apologize. I tried. I tried to have a penis-free episode. We were not going to do any penis talk this, except I, for the you Manscaped know, segment. Right. Sponsors we got to do. The cold open was about, you know, beards preventing major head trauma. But I promised there'd be no penis talk. And then, out of the blue, the skies opened, the sports news fairies sprinkled some dust on us poor honchos and I have to talk about it. So, of course, let me, let me, God let me, let me, on the East Coast the other day, that was me. Let me begin. When this news story broke. You should see the email I got at, in the middle of the night from Paul about this story. I, I, the email exchange, one day when we do the, you know, the director's cut of these podcasts, we'll talk about the emails. But I have to start this segment with our good friend Homer Simpson. That's right. He's back, unfortunately. Jared Porter. I'd even put that soundbite far away from this story, but the Jared Porter story. This story uh, is amazing. You like can't. the amazing Mets. Jared Porter, who was just named general manager of the Mets about an hour and a half ago. We were raving about him here two weeks ago. It was a new day. 
New owner Steve Cohen, new general manager Jared Porter, perhaps his old pal Theo Epstein when he came off the beach would join the Mets organization as well. It was going to be a whole new day for the Mets. And let me just say from the outset, because I was asked not to paint the Mets in a bad light. The Mets, the organization, handled this spectacularly. Jared Porter is not, does not represent the New York Mets. So let me get that disclaimer out of the way. But for those that don't know, Jared Porter was found out on Monday, I believe. It was revealed that he was sending explicit text messages to a female reporter who covered the team. And when I say explicit text messages, it wasn't text messages in which he said things that were vulgar and obscene. No, no, no. Jared Porter was sending pictures of his schminky to an unsuspecting female reporter who, by the way, and this is part of the story, not from this country, barely had command of the English language, and more importantly, did not have command of American customs. So a lot of the things that she did in her responses, after I read the story a few times, make you realize this guy, kind of a dirtbag. And once the Mets took some time to process it, which is, say, about 24 hours, and then promptly fired him for these texts. So some of the details, if you will, I mean, you got to read the story from Mina Kimes and Jeff Passan on ESPN to get the whole, I mean, this guy sent 60-plus text messages, all of which went unanswered to this female reporter until finally, uh, after he sent the picture of little Jared Porter, if you know what I mean, she, she texted back and said, these are obscene. Um, she said, I quote, this is extremely inappropriate, very offensive and getting out of line. Could you please stop sending offensive photos or messages? He then apologized Reached by ESPN on Monday evening, Porter acknowledged texting with the woman. He initially said he had not sent any pictures of himself. So there you lie. So first we start with a lie. When told the exchanges show he had sent selfies and other pictures, he said, quote, the more explicit ones are not of me. They are like, kind of like joke stock images. Okay. Jared, may I call you Jared? Um, It doesn't matter whose schminky you sent. It's not a game show. Guess the schminky. It doesn't matter. If it's your schminky, another. Uh, it could have been anybody's schminky. It doesn't Be matter. It's, it's still a penis. You sent a picture of a penis. Yours, your brothers, your best friends, people on the Mets organization, Sandy Alderson's. There's a horrible image. It doesn't matter. You sent this woman a penis and she didn't know how to respond. You know, she didn't know the. Again, this is a woman who had a limited grasp of English and American customs, had to go to an interpreter who not only helped her with the language but about American customs to tell her that what he was doing was not right. It's a horrible story. It's, it's just, I mean, again, I, I could sit it's here and, and, and read through all the How texts. How do you root for that Six, team? 62 unanswered texts. 62. I and they're all understand how this you know, let me missed. Let me give you just one little exchange. So on July 19th, uh, he sends this text. Which picture do you like the most? Uh, it sent not penis pictures at this point. Uh, not responded to. Want to see more? No response. Question mark. No response. Question mark. No response. Five hours later. Hello, beautiful. No response. 90 minutes after that. Is it too much for you? Two hours later. 
Where did you go? Three hours later at 2.03, I'm bored. None of which were responded to. So, and finally he sent, he sent a picture of his World Series ring that he run with the Red Sox. He it said, am I, am I, by the way, that, that's, if you're going to send pictures to a woman to impress her, World Series ring, my penis or somebody else's penis, you know, stick with the World Series ring. <sighs> just saying. It's just all the messages he sent and nothing. And finally, uh, she like, I mean, at one point he sent a selfie and she sent one back because she thought that was the custom. She didn't know how to respond. So a couple of times she said she would meet with him. But that was all before he sent the deluge of 60 plus unanswered text messages. Oh. I just, oh. I, I, she didn't know how to respond. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, again, I, you gotta, you gotta read the article and see all of the texts and all of the exchanges. And it's so cringy well, make and sure awkward. Stomach, yes. Yeah. And the Mets again, did the right thing. It wasn't one of these situations where, well, we have to investigate and, and talk to me. No, 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 no. It comes out Monday. Tuesday, they said, all right, Jared, thanks. Fired Here's a ham sandwich. Fired by tweet by Mr. Cohen. Fired by tweet. Who used to do and that? And this is, this is now, now, and some will say, well, it happened in 2016. Okay. It, look, it maybe if he sends one picture and then apologizes, nah, all right. But for, even forget the, the, the dick pic. This is harassment. When, when, not allowed. I mean, look, it's been Uncalled a while. For been a while since I've been a young man in the dating scene, but I know if you send somebody 62 texts and they don't send anything back, that's probably a hint that they're not interested. They didn't have texts when we were young. Yeah. I mean, imagine, okay, since so we were young, if I sent out, you know, 62 smoke signals. We just used to have to jump in front of the window. Can you imagine, by the way, just as an <laughs> aside, how easy it is now. You send a text. You're not uh. face-to-face. You're not talking to the person. Back when Paul and I were kids and Alexander Graham Bell had just invented the telephone, you had to call people. You had to pick up the phone with no caller ID and sit there with the phone pressed against your face, listening, listening to the ring, the ringing of the phone and going, oh, my God, what if she picks up? Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then, hello, click. You hang up the phone in a panic. Pass no at, least with, at least with a text. You don't have to worry about that. But anyway, I digress. He's anyway. a dirtbag, scumbag. Sixty. It just it's it's a pattern of harassment, and the Mets did absolutely the right thing. Here's my investigation. We saw the text and we said you're fired. Thanks. Done. Well done. This should not. This I should just not feel do- bad now for the future candidates. They're all going to have to start clearing out their phones and making yeah. sure that. Uh, and and know, I would I would the, give you because the, the interview process going forward. No. Uh, for the Mets organization, for the GM, is going to be a little more. And you figure after Steve Phillips. No, oh, yeah, when, I forgot about. Thank you. I, for, you know, I forgot about that. This is the not Mets the first would have time. Learned, but no. It's not the first time they've had problems like this. No. But Can't handle the junk over there in Flushing. You know, I would I would give you the name of the woman, but there she's no. not been identified no, in this story. No, no, oh, and by the way, not only did he send her a picture of himself, of, of, of allegedly his penis, but he also sent a couple pictures of laying on the bed with a clear bulge. It's just just this guy. See you later. Hit the bricks. But you're right. Whoever they interview now, they're going to have to, you know, the, the, the level of, of due diligence has just gone up a notch. And speaking of due diligence for you guys, it's time for our sponsor spot at Manscaped. Ah, Yes. 
How appropriate. Thank you to the Mets. Thank you, Jared uh, Porter, for uh, leading thanks. us into our sponsorship segment this evening. Once again, Sports Honchos brought to you by the good people at Manscaped. Take it away, Mr. Cuny. If, if you want to pull a consensual Jared Porter, you want to look your best. Friends, yeah. when you are in nothing but your boxers and briefs, does it look like you are smuggling Bruno Mars or Sideshow Bob through airport security? If so, you need Manscaped. That's right. Look, we all know it's a dangerous, dangerous business grooming yourself south of the equator. Whether you're like me using a chainsaw, nail clippers, a rusty menorah, all these things are all these things are fraught. Fraught, I say with problems. So save yourself a lot of pain and suffering and get yourself onto the Manscaped train. Listen, Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. By the way, support for the sports honchos is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Now, as I was saying, Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. Ever. We're not talking about uh, uh, that someone that came in 10th. It's honorable mention. It's runner-up. The first best trophies, remember? They don't give banners out for second place. Manscaped has all the banners. All of them. And, in, and they just came out with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, friendos, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. And as I always say parenthetically, if you're using it for more than 90 minutes, you got bigger problems than grooming. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Well, we appreciate your dedication, though, if it takes you that long. Yes, if it's you're 90, you're 90 minutes into your grooming down there, that's <laughs> I'm just going to give you one of those. Uh, the, one of the coolest features is the LED light. So, you know, if you're it's the middle of the night, you just feel like grooming yourself and not want to wake up your... It's pretty bright. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I've yeah. used it. It's, it's fantastic. The light is actually... Fantastic is right. Illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor. That's pretty fast. Uh, with quiet stroke technology and let's not forget about the charging stand i mean come on who can forget about the charging it's stand nice too it's very it's very nice very sweet Shh. it is show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by usb technology if you are listening to me speak right now and you obviously I am. are I'm right here next to you i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself let's get that dramatic pause bush to tush clean Get 20% off and free shipping. Don't what? Sleep and on free shipping? shipping? With the code HONCHOS, H-O-N-C-H-O-S at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code HONCHOS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the always underrated free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code HONCHOS, your balls. And Paul and I will thank you. Absolutely. Once again, for our honchos hombres out there, go to manscaped.com. They got some phenomenal products there. Phenomenal. Uh, besides the lawnmower, they've got, they got deodorants. they got all kinds of stuff. Some, uh, they have something shavers, called the plow because uh, they like to keep that agricultural theme going. In addition to the lawnmower, they have the plow. 
we encourage we encourage you as me and Rob do take care of yourselves yes. for your lady friends your partners everybody else and just for yourself for general hygiene and go to, to manscape.com and, and what do we get check out check out their full suite full suite of of items and when you go when you whatever you order and you're going to order a lot because they're a great company 20% off free shipping honchos use the honchos h o n c h o s that's the code use the code people Thank you, Manscaped. Thank you, Jared Porter. Good luck. Yes. All right, buddy. Man, look at us. Flying through Whoa. the show. 90 minutes. We are. And now we got we to gotta do a fast-paced NFL playoffs rundown here real quick. All right. Big I, weekend I, this weekend. Go what? It was a big weekend. I'm going to just – I'm going to go right to well, the hold game. Hold on, Rob. Hold on. I'm sorry. What sorry. Is... Sorry. Come on. Sorry. The Bills beat – the Ravens, close to your heart there. Sorry, uh, condolences to your son there. Oh, boy, there he was angry Maryland. Saturday. So, uh, the Bills angry? win 17-3. AFC Championship bound for the Bills. Great stuff. Bills Mafia, congratulations. Chiefs, 22-17 over the Browns. Mahomes is down. But they're in the championship game. Packers, 32-18 over my Rams. And that terrible logo and those uniforms. See you later. And old man Brady in the Bucks with a 30 the 20 win over old man Breeze and Brady Ace. Brady won the Ingleside Bowl. Yes. 30 20. So there we go. Setting up our NFC and AFC championship games. Take it away, Mr. Cooney. All right. I'm going to start with the first game, which is the NFC championship game Packers and Bucks in Green Bay. Do you hold know on, this I just, is. I got. Hold on. I just got something I have on. It's Cooney. Mr. Cooney. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Go ahead. No problem. How long have we known each other? I know. Uh, Mr. Katage uh, Bear. Uh, this is Brady's 14th conference championship. He's, He's nine good. and four in those games. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty pretty good. The Bucks are finding themselves at the perfect time. The chemistry is finally there. It's only taken all season. You had to know at some point after playing so many games, no preseason, no offseason, no conditioning program, they were finally going to find their rhythm. That could spell trouble for the Packers. Uh, Kamara ran all over. In the, the, in the playoff game, uh, Alvin Kamara of the Saints ran all over Devin White and company. The Packers have three of those running backs that can run and beat you. Not just Aaron Jones, but Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon. So the Bucs are going to have their hands full with the Packers running game. Uh, the Bucs behind Carlton Davis, if he's healthy, and Antoine Winfield Jr. will not let Alan Lazard beat them like a drum, like he beat the Rams in last week's game. Uh, the Bucs running game is at least as good as Cam Akers. And the Rams running game, Arians has got to find a way to run the ball at least 20 to 25 times on Sunday if they're going to have a chance to beat them. Uh, the X factor here is Robert Tunyon. Rhymes with Funyon. The Packers tight end. If the Bucks can cover Tunyon and Adams and Jones and Lazard while establishing a pass rush against Rodgers, that's the secret sauce there, folks. Brady plays great in the cold, too. So this notion they're going to go to Green Bay and freeze their collective Tohim off. Tohim. Look. He and Gronk, they, they made their bones in New England where they've had a lot of bad weather games. So the cold's not going to affect the biggest part of that team. Look, when it comes right down to it, my pick is going to be the Bucks. The Bucs can lock down Rodgers and that high-powered offense and establish a running game that will set up Brady on offense. It should be a great game. It's going to be close. Sorry to my friend John Callio, but I got to pick the Buccaneers over the Packers. Uh, and I guess in sort of an upset. Although at this point, at this point, the championship games, it's not really an upset. 
I mean, it's not like they're, you know, the Wolfskins made it to the NFC Championship game. There, I had to get in there once for you. All right, the AFC Championship game. Look, uh, Boomer Esiason. Yes. Come on, real quick. You're predicting the Bucks to beat the Packers. Yes, sir. So you, Mr. Cooney, feel the all-around football package that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be bringing to Lambeau Field in Green Bay is better than what Aaron Rodgers and their full football package has. So that is why you feel they're going to be victorious? Or is it it the whole package or is it more Brady? It's it's well it's Brady of course but I feel like if the Packers if the Bucks can can match the Packers on the ground establish a running game like the Packers did against the Rams which I said was sort of the key in that game if they can establish their running game their defense will show up and play better than the Rams did last week sorry Rams fans and uh, you're not going to stop Rodgers is the you know as they used to say you're not going to stop you can only hope to contain him if they can contain Rodgers. Keep a lid on Devontae Adams. Keep a lid on Alan Lazard. They're going to have their hands full with Tunyon, but I think they have the linebackers to make his life miserable. If all those things are equal, and and it's Brady making the decisions that Brady makes and managing a game the way Brady manages it, I just – that's why I said it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be close. No one's going to run. It's not going to be 21 nothing in the first quarter. But, but the, Brady, the Brady experience and the Brady – Rogers has been there. What? Rogers has been there. Of course he has, but he's not like not like uh, Brady has. This is Brady's time to shine. How many times you've been there? As long as you've been there. Right, but I'm saying, but this is when Brady will carve you up, okay? And use and 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 by the way, at 43 years old, still able to sling it, unlike we saw with Drew Brees last week. Rodgers is going to have a good game. They're not going to stop Rodgers. Brady's going to have a, a pretty good game also. But I think overall that team, if those parts come together, and that's you know always a big if when you're talking about a Bruce Arians coach team, if they don't abandon the run, those parts come together, they're going to make life miserable for Green Bay. And I feel like Green Bay will be going home again like last year. Now it's at home. This is Rodgers' first NFC Championship game in Lambeau, which is hard to believe, but it is. So, and they're going to have people there. Maybe that pushes them over the top. All right. So, to confirm, you're picking the Buccaneers. I'm taking the Packers. Big. All right. Okay. You're so allowed. It's a semi-free country still. I think take. it's still free country, even after today. Okay. All right. There's your NFC uh, matchup there from the Honchos. Paul, again, has the Packers. Big. And you got big. All right. Well, Brady I think it's going to get knocked out in the first quarter. <clears throat> oh, that's that's quite that's quite the prediction there. But OK. Uh, OK. Good. Let's go to the AFC, pal. All right. Boomer Esiason took a lot of heat for this last week when he said after Mahomes was concussed and went out with some sort of toe injury. He'd bet a million dollars. He's going to be back. Look. And he At practiced wasn't like Howard, who said that they should they should yeah. wait until he's healthy. I know. What a, yeah, this, what you know, that? What an idiot. Let's just write. Let's let's postpone the playoffs until we can get players back. Wow, that's not setting a precedent now, is it? Get out of here. You know what? Way too many hits to that iron jaw of his. Hey, look, Ovechkin's anyway. out. He's got a bad knee. He's going to be out about two, three to six months. With All right, so let's put the whole season. Can we let's wait? Put the, let's put the Stanley Cup finals on hold so we can get him back. That's a great idea. Here. That's for you, Bill Cowher. Uh, All right. There is no way. No way. I, I don't care what you say. 
And again, he was Mahomes is out practicing with the Chiefs today. There's no way that he doesn't play on Sunday. The NFL is too gutless to legitimately evaluate Mahomes and run the risk of the golden goose not being available on the second biggest stage of the football season. No way. Uh, you know, as uh, Clark Griswold, the great Chevy Chase in Christmas Vacation, if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I couldn't be more surprised if Mahomes doesn't take the field. I just don't see it happening. Now, he's going to be less than 100% because he still has that. We saw him hobbling around before he went out with the concussion or the head injury, if it is a concussion. Something happened to his foot. He was not right. Now, a 90%, 80% Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. So if Chad Henney plays, 100-year-old Chad Henney plays, and the Chiefs win, this will actually be, if we could just, as an aside here with the coaching changes, if Chad Henney plays and wins, the big winner, and then the Chiefs win, the big winner of this is going to be Eric Bieniemy. Uh, in his quest to be a head coach. He can prove to everyone that his play designs, and not just the magic of Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey, et cetera, will keep the Chiefs machine running at a high level, even with a career journeyman like Chad Henney driving the train. Now, the Bills have their work cut out for them. Did a great job on Saturday uh, containing the three-headed running monster of Edwards, Dobbins, and Jackson for the Ravens. So the best defense they can play, the Bills, on Sunday is the running game and eating the clock on offense. They got a, just a steady diet of Singletary. They're not going to have Zach Moss, a steady diet of um, shortening the game, keeping the ball from Mahomes or even Henny. I mean, they still have all those weapons. I mean, you and I probably get out there and sling it around with those weapons, Hell but yeah. they have, they have to keep the ball out of who's ever quarterbacking that team. I know it's going to be Mahomes. But let's just say, for argument's sake, Mahomes or Henny. Uh, the Bills' secondary and linebackers can potentially, I say potentially because, really, you got to play a perfect game, potentially keep Kelsey and Hill and the other Chiefs wide receivers in check. Uh, the Chiefs will expose the run defense with a steady diet of Damian Williams and Le'Veon Bell. Hopefully, Edward Solaire can come back to play. But that's where it is. It's, it's, it's going to come down to who can run the ball better. And that may not be uh, the, the Bills' strength. I, my, my pick here, with an asterisk. Wait, come on, what's the pick, Rob? My pick here is the Chiefs with an asterisk. Of course, if, it's the Kansas if City If Mahomes Chiefs. plays, you got to play. If he plays, you got to play a perfect game. And I, I, I've seen this. Teams tend to abandon their game plans too early. The Browns did that last week, along with a whole bunch of other bad coaching decisions. But the, the, the Browns abandoned their game, their their plan too early. They get into a panic. I think the Bills will do the same. Now, Sean McDermott, much better coach than Stefanski. He will make the right decisions. But ultimately, the Bills are going to have to rely on the arm of Allen, which is a much better arm this year, a much better decision maker. But if you got to get into a shootout, no team, a shootout favors no team like it does the Chiefs. Um, the Bills have put up a good fight, but I don't see the Bills hanging with the Chiefs score for score. I fear the Bills will go down. Again, this is if Mahomes plays 10 to 14 points, and they'll start abandoning the running game. Um, if Henny plays, I give the Bills a pretty good chance. So I'm, again, assuming Mahomes is playing. Even at 70, 80%, he's still better than anyone else. Chiefs, and maybe even big. Sorry. 
all I, I've I've alienated my Packer and Bills friends tonight by picking against their teams. I'm just being realistic. It's okay, man. It's all good. I just you know? you, you're courageous just to make a pick. Just courageous here. Well, you know me. Yes, I mean with all that's going on in the world, Captain, your, your coverage here today, making a pick. I take the Chiefs without a quarterback. They'll still beat the Bills. The Chiefs and the Feds, Bills Mafia is running into some trouble. Okay, it all ends. The run ends. Okay. Done. All right. Tired of drunk people jumping on tables. You know, people work hard to build these tables, these foldable tables for, you know, homeware, picnics, backyard parties and everything. And these Bills fans showing complete disrespect. A guy broke his leg last week. It's terrible. So it's too risky. The Bills, we need to get the Bills out of this playoffs, out of, out of, out of it, because more people are going to get hurt and more tables will be destroyed. Okay. Uh, once again, once again, the opinions of Paul Cuthbert not necessarily reflect the opinions of the sports on shows or the Go Sports Media Company. Thank you. Uh, and with that said, we are coming down to the end of this show because we talked yes, too much. And it's we did. time. Oh, no. Dope of the week. Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. Wow, that that snuck up on me pretty fast. All right, everybody. You know how this works. The Gags Gang and I spend countless hours in the each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude. Help pilot the show by nominating a dope of the week. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter at Cuthbert Live at Bitter and Rage at Sports Honchos. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame this week? It's and we're getting away from football. George Hill, guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Way to go, George! The NBA recently announced tighter COVID protocols for this season in light of games being canceled and the post-holiday surge in coronavirus cases and deaths. These protocols, which were negotiated and approved by the NBA Players Association, include the following. Quarantining at home or in the hotel when not practicing or playing, except when exercising or engaging in essential activities. Leaving the hotel or having guests in the hotel when on the road. Avoidance of extended socializing before or after a game and limiting interactions to fist or elbow bumps and masks must be worn on the bench at all times during games, in the locker room and during strength and conditioning activities. Now, not everyone is happy about these stricter protocols. Hill was especially angered and uttered these words. Quote, I'm a grown man, so I'm going to do what I want to do. If I want to see my family, I'm going to go see my family. They can't tell me I have to stay in the room 24-7. If it's that serious, then maybe we shouldn't be playing. It's life. No one's going to be able to just cancel their whole life for this game. You know, it has been a while since I have heard such tone-deaf comments uttered by a professional athlete. Oh, wait, wait, uh, no, no, it has not. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with this guy. First of all, for a grown man, he sounds like a petulant child. I half expect Hill to stand courtside, arms folded, holding his breath until he gets what he wants, or perhaps throwing a tantrum in the locker room. Better yet, taking his ball and going home. Now, you are being asked to sacrifice extraordinarily little to play a game at a time when people are out of work and have been separated from family and friends for months. It is ironic to hear you talk about canceling your whole life for this game when 400,000 people have had their lives permanently canceled. Maybe instead of complaining about the Herculean tasks of living in a hotel and spending your days working out and playing a game, you should remember the real sacrifices 
people continue to make almost a year into this pandemic. When did not being allowed to have guests in your hotel room make you the NBA equivalent of Sisyphus? Second, and I cannot stress this enough, Paul, these protocols about which you are complaining are in place specifically so you can keep playing this game. You have made over $100 million in your 13-year career, and you are advocating for the league to shut down instead of doing whatever it takes to stay open during a pandemic? Do you honestly believe that employees of small businesses in this country, when asked to obey certain COVID protocols, would say to their employers that these protocols are too hard, so just go ahead and shut down your business? It is easy to say the NBA has just pulled the plug when you have enjoyed a long career and are set for life financially. I doubt that an undrafted rookie free agent looking to beat the odds and have a 13-year career would share that sentiment. And finally, you know what a grown man really does? He makes hard decisions for himself and his family. If the protocols are too much for you to bear, then opt out. Forfeit a year's salary. Live the carefree lifestyle. Go lift the COVID pole. Go do what you like to do when you're not on the court. You want to give up $8 million this season so you can have the freedom to make the beast with two backs with some stranger you met during a road game? Now that would be impressive. Stupid, but impressive. As a private citizen, you have the absolute right to make decisions that put you in jeopardy. As an employee of the NBA, you still have that right, but not when it puts others at risk. But you knew that already because, quote, you're a grown man. Now, George Hill, for your ignorance of world events, for overstating the trauma of living the pampered life of an NBA player while understating the trauma of surviving a pandemic, and for making Mike Gundy's I'm a man, I am 40 rant sound like a Nobel Prize acceptance speech, you are the sports honcho's dope of the week. Congrats, George. The certificate is in the mail. Sisyphus is the one who is punished for is for being ungodlike. Uh, he had to push a rock. His penalty was pushing a rock up a hill till it got to the top, at which point it would then roll back down the hill over him, and he had to keep doing that for eternity. Dope. Yeah, Sisyphus was a dope too. What a dope. I tell Unbelievable. You. I tell you, man, Unbelievable. You, it was, it was, it, that was a good one. They're always good, these dopes. Well, uh, thank you. I, I thought you were going to, you know, he could also have said what you said last week, the, the, the two dopes last week. The Browns is the Browns. Yes. Well, you know, George. the Browns is the Browns. George is the George. George Hill is George Hill. I'm sorry, is the George Hill. Uh, too much. Well, there you go, no. folks. Another episode of the Honchos is in the books. It sure is. Man, we talk a lot, buddy. I mean, we got we a do. list here. We left a lot of things off, man. I know. I got a lot of lot of scratch-outs on my script here. But hey, to we got, two we got shows all the highs, man. Telling you, two shows a week. No more ties. Oh, wait, that's right. We're going to put a runner on second base now and try to finish up the show. Ah, <laughs> oh, too much. Once again, everybody, thanks so much for listening to the sports. Honchos, thanks to Manscaped for supporting us here. Don't forget to tell your friends, subscribe, rate, review. Man. On behalf of yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, honcho number one, Mr. Honcho number two, Mr. Cuny, please say goodnight to the nice ladies and gentlemen out there. All right, all you nice ladies and gentlemen, goodnight. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. Join us again in about 20 minutes for next week's show, and uh, peace. Honcho's out, baby! Stay safe and healthy out there, folks. Good night.